the younger generations are saying, I care about diversity. If I'm going to join this company, I want to know what they are doing about it and how they are going to change and adapt. Welcome to the Vitalize Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Gordon, the Director of Marketing here at Vitalize Venture Capital. On today's episode, we have Anoop Gupta, co-founder and CEO of Seekout, a company that's raised nearly $190 million in venture capital. They drive enterprise talent optimization, helping companies hire, develop, and retain talent. This was a fun episode. Lots of gems from Anoop in this episode. Let's dive in. Anoop, welcome to the show. Thank you, Justin. Delighted to be here. Yes, I appreciate you making the time. Seekout has grown a lot, especially in the last year or so. And uh, with Vitalize, the firm I'm at, you know, working in investing in the future of work, we're obviously looking at talking to companies who are building that future of work. So for people who aren't familiar with Seekout, what are you guys doing today? So Seekout is a recruiting platform that gives companies a competitive advantage when recruiting hard to find and diverse talent. So that is what we are today. You know, six of the top 10 most valued companies in the U.S. use Seekout. You know, we've grown uh, 3x our revenue in the last one year. We have doubled our customers to over 1,000. And, you know, we are one of the top for diversity recruiting platforms and G2 Crowd. We are the top talent intelligence platform. So we feel very blessed in <laughs> you know, the growth that we are seeing and the customer love that we are seeing, right? There was a lot of inbound interest in funding us because uh, you know these VCs are always talking around to people and things and they say, oh, what are the platforms people are loving? <laughs> yep. Yes. With that too, I want to unpack that because there's a few things. And first, uh, first I want to go through with beginning of this. You go from like a nearly 20 year career at Microsoft to yeah. starting a tech company that obviously is serving a really big need. I just want to unpack that real quick. Why did you decide to start Seekout in the first place? So, you know, before Microsoft, I was a professor at Stanford and sold my first startup to Microsoft in 1997. And that's how I landed at Microsoft. I've always been around innovations, incubations, new things. So Microsoft was a great career for me. We are reported to Bill Gates for a couple of years. I ran their Skype and Exchange businesses. I ran global technology policy. But there came a stage where I wanted to, you know, go to a small startup again. When I left Microsoft, what I told a lot of team members and leaders there was you know, innovating at Microsoft is like being given an 18-wheeler and say, find, you know, great things to do, undiscovered <laughs> places, right? Yep. And startup was going to be like being on a mountain bike <laughs> and saying, <laughs> you know, find some new places. And all of us have one life, right? They, and we want to be able to do things. And I means Microsoft was great. I was blessed enough. I didn't have financial needs. And I said, let's go and do that. And I had a great co-founder with me. <laughs> At this point now, uh, with the you know, recent funding, it was on TechCrunch and everywhere else, you know, $1.2 yeah. billion valuation, which is huge. But in the early days, you know, I love hearing this story about like, you obviously decide to start this, leave Microsoft and do this, which, you know, one life is going for tech company, let's do the startup thing. Take me through what you saw at that time in terms of the opportunity in the market, 
what you were seeing out there that you're like, okay, we can actually start something that could be viable. Cause I know there's a lot of entrepreneurs who listen and then it's like, how about, how did they start this massive company, whatever. I'm curious as to that stage with you. So um, the truth is Justin, that we left Microsoft, you know, the founding team, we're like, we have 200 plus issued us patents. So, you know, we are very kind of out there, find something new. So actually the first thing we started was building a new messaging system that empowered recipients. Think about an email system where the sender has to put a postage stamp, you know, before sending you that email. So they can't spam you. And as a recipient, you can control who sends email and you can, you know, donate the money that gets attached to charities. So we built that system called Nextio. And we had a lot of difficulty getting massive traction for it. Okay, I means getting millions and millions of users to go and adopt that. And we started something called Career Insights, where I we analyze all the resumes and we can tell you, you know, what your next possible role can be. Or if you wanted to be a reporter in New York Times, we'll tell you where do such people come from, what are the skills gaps, and what you can do. So that got a lot of interest from recruiters, and we were not so doing so well on Nextio when we kind of pivoted. So we had a big pivot two years into the startup, you know, four years ago when we formed uh, Seekout. As we have dug into it, you know, we have found so many unsolved problems. So we didn't start with, you know, here is a talent acquisition or overall a changing workforce problem. We started with something uh, different, but as we have dug into it, we said, oh, this is not right. This is not right. This is, you know, this could be done better. This could be done differently. And given the problem solvers that we are, and we are so excited. And at this time, you know, the timing seems to be right. A lot of the startups for your audience is about timing, right? It's not just about the idea. And the world has conspired to say, seek out what you're doing is really important and we care about it. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> the, ti the timing definitely matters. You seem to have struck that for sure. And even with now with obviously with everything that happened in the last you know two years or so with COVID and people hiring remotely, take me through that evolution in the last two years. Obviously, your growth has spiked a lot in that time period. I'd love to hear more about you know how the company has evolved in that time, what you've kind of focused on there too. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, um, no CEO needs to be told that talent is critical to them. How they hire and retain and grow and redevelop is uh, critical to their survival or whether they're thriving or, you know, they, they, they're disappearing. And, and changes happen very rapidly, you know, nowadays. So what we've seen is a lot of shifts occurring in this new world of work. One is the balance of power is shifting to employees, right? Means they want purpose, flexibility, growth, career development. And that is leading to the great reshuffle or the great resignation, because as if they've stayed away during COVID, they're saying, you know, I want more purpose. And so the company, so the big shift for us has been you know, one shift has been to say we will also help companies with retention in a big way and growing their talent. Something we were doing even prior to the last two years was the accelerating digital transformation. 
you know, and COVID has accelerated to that. Satya Nadella, you know, I think three months, four months into the COVID said, you know, we've seen two years of digital transformation in two months, <laughs> you know, because, <laughs> yeah. you know, that makes it. Our remote work has suddenly become an environment. And what that means is, you know, Moscow, Idaho, not Moscow, Russia, Moscow, Idaho, <laughs> you know, they have good talent, actually. University of Idaho is there. But suddenly Facebook and Google are going there and saying, you know, let's sweep the talent. So the whole competition and the landscape changes there. And the other thing that has changed during COVID that we were paying importance to even before COVID is diversity, you know the George Floyd and Black Lives Matter and everything else that is happening, the younger generations are saying, I care about diversity. If I'm going to join this company, I want to know what they are doing about it and how they are going to change and adapt. One of the things I say to people is, you know, a lot of CEOs have very good intentions and the leadership team says, okay, here is how we want to do diversity. But as soon as it flows one level down and you say, what are the actions you can take? How do you, would you produce results? That translating into concrete action is very hard for companies. And that's where SeekOut steps in and can really help them. Let's talk more about that then. What is it that SeekOut's doing? How does it look from like a perspective of the companies? They start using SeekOut. What does that process look like? I'm curious because obviously there's lots of companies out there who are trying to improve. It's like the biggest issue out there. How yeah. are you actually doing that with Seagout? Yeah. So today we help on the talent acquisition side. And here is how uh, I talk about it. So the first thing is, you know, how do you say, you know, what, you know, what targets to set? You know, for my data scientists that I'm yeah. acquiring a software engineer marketing fee, should I have 5% black people? Should I have 2%? You know, what should it be? So SeekOut gives you great talent analytics. So any kind of title, any kind of experience, we will tell you what is the percentage is a fraction of, you know, black people's, Hispanics, veterans, women's in your location throughout the country at a very fine granularity. Okay. The second thing I believe that is very important is job descriptions, right? So what titles do you use? What kind of experience do you require? Job descriptions today are kitchen sinks of everything thrown in. There's not a lot of attention. And generally, my belief is that if you have a data-driven conversation with hiring manager, and say so you put all this thing, if I put in, I get five black candidates. Doesn't work for the diversity. I'll get 20 women. Let's remove this. And how can we do, uh, you know, change the requirements and really whittle down to what is essential so that we have a broad aperture. We can have a lot of candidates that get surfaced and therefore then I can do. So I believe the data-driven conversations are very important. I use a quote from Jim Barksdale, who was the CEO of Netscape, you know, one of the early browser companies and where the yep. internet evolved from. He says, if you're coming to me and having a discussion, uh, if it is data, you know, you got data, let's have a discussion. If it is about opinions, let's go with mine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> okay. So having data-driven conversations can be really cool. 
you know, then we actually help you find those candidates, source candidates in our 700 plus million database, you know, across the world. And we help you reduce unconscious bias by letting you flexibly hide names, pictures, education, social networks, contact information, so that the hiring managers can, you know, give you feedback without any of those things, which don't matter. Your name doesn't matter whether you're going to do a job or not, right? Exactly. With that too, so just thinking about your your company with Seek Out itself, I know you had mentioned on our show that like sixty percent in in Seattle, in Washington, and then forty percent kind of elsewhere, but only like fifteen percent of so of people go into the office. I'm curious, just just with that, taking a step back, like from your perspective and how you grow your team and how you you manage that, even like how big of an office do you have if you have that many people? Like, how do you think through that side of things for you know other founders who are kind of obviously struggling with or contemplating this same exact thing? So, like many others, we thought that COVID will get over and we'll get back to normal. Yeah. So, we acquired around 20,000 square feet of space in Bellevue, okay, and we got a three and a half, four-year lease for it, and only a small number of people are coming there. And it's different for engineering teams, more people come there, and of course, safety is the highest priority we have. In Elise, and you know, this will be the same for your other founders. As you're growing, you don't know how much you're going to grow in three years. So, we grew our headcount threefold this last year, and maybe we'll go another three or fourfold. And you don't want to be changing buildings. So, we are actually very happy with the space that we have acquired. We have a lot of wonderful space where people come in now and then. Uh, it is good. But also, you know, you can give up your space and you can take a remote-only thing. So flexibility is important and being able to think through two, three years down the road, okay, becomes important, especially as you start growing rapidly. Yeah, and one other thing on that too, obviously with the, with the growth that happened, you know, with fundraising that obviously allowed you to grow even more and, you know, adopt the headcount, I think you raised, you not see a raise in January here for the 115, but you also raised your Series B last year 2021 in march at least announced i should say but with that growth obviously then uh, like the headcount grew everything with that was was is insane with the with everything but you mentioned investing in people how have you invested and continue to invest in your own team your own people as you've grown that fast and everything has advanced i'm curious as to how that aspect has gone yeah so investing in people you know is how do we give them benefits and an environment. So if they're working from home, you know, they can have setups that are that are good and productive. We have given them more flexibility in terms of, you know, time off and what they can do to take care of things. We have given flexibility in terms of, you know, there are no requirements of coming to work anytime uh, that is there. We have programs for learning and growth. So, you know, take courses, do other things. And so, so there is a variety of things that we are doing to make sure that care about. We also have, you know, one of the things I feel good about, and I think our team does, we have a all hands meeting every week. So, you know, it's more about how do you maintain that communication? We spend the first 15 minutes of every all hands on gratitude you know, where people are being appreciative of how others have 
contributed, you know, to the projects they're working on. And I think that matters, Justin, not just because you're saying thank yous. I think human psychology is a lot about mindset, right? If you think about things in a positive way, you know, the, the, the same world can look better than if you start with negativity. So yeah. creating a culture of positivity has been very important to us, and it's a deliberate thing that we do. Um, that is really nice. With what you said already, I know you've kind of hit on a few of these things, but just taking a step back here, with the future of work more broadly, I mean, what are some of the main issues you're seeing or main changes or trends or anything you're seeing within the future of work you have your eyes on, you're working to build. I know you obviously have what you've done now, but there's a much bigger vision, of course. Take me through more of that in terms of how you view the future of work and most important things around that. So I think the future of work is going to be hybrid. You know, nobody's going to go back to everyone being in the office. And making that work well is not so easy. So if you're fully, you know, there are companies that might take a fully remote and then, you know, every meeting is just fully remote. You could all be in the same. But hybrid is the hardest of all of these options, <laughs> right? So you have five people here and two people remote. And so just thinking about how we invest in tools and infrastructure so that such meetings can be productive. Like personally, you know, I'm old fashioned. I like a whiteboard. So how can we have a whiteboarding session when half of the team is being remote and half are in the same room and make it convenient? So even if we do Zoom, like, you know, do you have two screens that are there? One way you're projecting the slides, other way you're able to see the people. So working out processes, you know, do you write more so that everybody is on the same page? So it takes fundamental shifts in uh, in that place and how you communicate, how you work, that is there. Some disciplines, you know, like salespeople are dealing individually and our VP of sales has their weekly ch check-ins and things like that are just much easier to do, yep. right? Certain disciplines require you coming together or getting on a whiteboard. So I think those are the main changes other than, you know, people wanting purpose, flexibility and everything else which I think are easier personally to uh, provide for, for a company to say, you know, here, we, we will give you that. We know that whether you work nine to five or you work, you know, 5 p.m. to 9 a.m., it's all good, right? Yeah, the work is done. <laughs> the work is done. That's what we care about. With everything you mentioned here, I just want to, I'm, I'm curious, I can't not ask. So going again from big tech, big tech company at Microsoft to then starting your own thing, has it been what you expected, Anoop? I'm curious. Uh, it, it has been what I, it, it's actually been better than what I expected. <laughs> but, you know, first realized that I did a startup in 1997. Yep, yep, yep. In 95. So this is, this startup is not very different. I'll tell you something, Justin. The most important thing is who are the people you have? Okay, it is the people that make a startup sing. 
and that gets you excited about going to work every day, being problem solving. So, you know, our culture is around collaborative. It's around humility and listening to ideas. It's about brainstorming and asking tough questions. It is about, you know, the customer focus in the right way because everybody uh, says that. So we have amazing people and we built a culture that, you know, and, and values that make it fun to go to work every day. No politics, you know, large companies, as you know, there is a lot of politics. There is a lot of yeah. land grab and other things. And here, everybody is on a singular mission because everybody knows if the company succeeds, yeah, then, you know, they bring benefits to their families and they enjoy their work too. Yeah. And with that too, so with the culture side of it, I mean, what other things have you done or implemented or how do you, have you improved that over time? I mean, obviously you have so much experience working, you know, both in a startup before previously big company. And now with this one, I'm just curious on how you've, you know, you've learned from that, I imagine on building culture and building your team, what's been helpful or useful on that note in terms of building that with your organization. So Culture, you know, comes from, so one is, you know, when we hire and if we look some values, we do test, you know, we will not hire jerks regardless of how brilliant uh, they might be. So, you know, getting people who are smart, but who are collaborative, you know, who are, have humility. So, you know, they come with an attitude of learning from anybody and everybody who seem non-political. So one is, you know, what you do in the hiring process. Okay, the second thing is what people see you doing, right? Because cultural art is what people do when nobody else is watching, right? Yeah. And part of the all hands that I talked about, okay, is... When people say, oh, this person helped me, this is great, you know, all the, all the good things that are happening, people really feel every week and every day that that is how I need to behave. That is what is the norm. And not only I'll do it because it's the norm, but because it's good and it makes it more fun <laughs> and it makes it more exciting. So emulating those values on an everyday basis becomes very, very important. And then in your rewards and recognitions and everything else, right, you also want to make it a part. And that's how you build it. I know we're almost out of time. A few minutes left. I'm just curious, what's, uh, what's next for SeekOut? So as I said, we came more from a talent acquisition side and where we are headed into is what we call enterprise talent optimization, looking at the organizational holistically. It is quite interesting to me that many of the companies fly blind when it comes to building and retaining their workforces. They don't have a lot of data about them. So there's lots and lots of data in the enterprise, but when it comes to data about their most important asset, which is their people, they might have a resume for five years ago when they applied that is not accessible, analyzable. They don't understand fully. So what we are building is a this Enterprise Talent 360 platform that will power internal mobility, employee retention, career pathing, learning and development. It is a platform both for the 
HR and business leadership, you know, where they can understand the talent, they can see the gaps, you know, they can move people around. And we bring a lot of the external data into the platform too. And then we take in internal data. There is a lot we are doing for employees. So where employees can discover, you know, what are the opportunities that are currently open? And we proactively inform them, you know, for each opportunity, uh, we may say, here are some team members to talk to before you even apply, because we know the internal organization, we can support that. So there are many steps that we are taking to make it great for the HR and business leaders and to make it great for the employees of the company. It, it sounds like obviously you're on the right path with the fundraising and things you've built because of that. And it, you know, fundraising comes because obviously you're building something really great. Yeah. And that's why people want to partner with you. I'm excited for where you're going. I appreciate the time today, Anoop. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Justin. I really enjoyed our conversation. Hey, thanks for listening. If you want to learn more about us, head on over to Vitalize.vc. You can also follow us on Twitter at VitalizeVC. Or you can follow me on Twitter at JustinGordon212. Have a great day, and I'll talk to you in the next episode.